Reverse Genius Episode 43, Fortnightly Ramble On. In this episode, Don is joined by Errol and Manpans from the Escape Room Divas to talk about the Oculus Quest, Text Adventures, the Myths and Legends podcast, and Mitchells vs. the Machine. Hey, did you know you can go over to podpledge.com and search for Inverse Genius and you'll see our Podpledge page. All that money goes to help support the ongoing podcasting costs. We truly appreciate it. Thanks. And welcome to another episode of the Inverse Genius Fortnightly, where we get friends of ours on to talk about stuff that we are all excited about, or that they're excited about to get us excited about it. So, before we get started, I need to introduce uh, our other wonderful people, our voices. We're going to start with Manpans. Hey, Manpans. Hello. <laughs> uh, could you let everybody know where you can be found on the wilds of the internet, please? Yes. So first things first, you can find uh, our Inverse Genius podcast from Escape Divas right on Inverse Genius. Woo-hoo. But uh, if you would like to go to my website, I have a website, mandawhitney.com, and I'm getting more blog posts to put up. Uh, you could also find me on Twitter at Manda Whitney. And basically, if you look up Manda Whitney anywhere, you'll find me. Ooh, nice. And our other wonderful voice, one of your co-hosts from the uh, Room Escape Divas podcast, Errol. Hello. You know, this is hard because you're going to ask me the same thing where you can find me. And it's it's just then I'd have to spell my last name. <laughs> well, you've got a Twitter is handle. That a, is that a challenge for you? No. Uh, well, you know, then they won't really remember how to spell my last name. And then it's so it just, you know, you don't have to find me anywhere. You've really find Errol in the show notes. Yeah, you can find me in the show notes. It's not that important where I am. It, uh, <laughs> a man with as many passionate enthusiasms as you have, I, I think, will be back on the show more than once. So. I have so many places you can find me. That's the problem. I can't ever pick one. And so I don't know what to do. It's See, like, you can find me on Snapchat. I just started on Snapchat and I've started all these. That's fun the one you streams. started with? Snapchat? <laughs> Okay, that's a dumb place to find me, really. You, yeah, I mean, huh. does anybody use Twitter now? I don't know. Lots uh, of bots to do. I know that. Yeah, there you go. Right? Instagram. So, Instagram I'm not on Instagram because they cut me on Instagram. Those nasty Instagram faces. No, I don't really have Instagram. Because you added me again. So, yeah, okay, I know, that's but that's fun. like where no, I barely post on that. Anyway, you can find me on myneighborarrell.com. There you go. There you go. No, we don't really want to know why you got banned from Snapchat. That's... Well, it's no, it's not from Snapchat. It's from Instagram or Instagram. Okay, it's not actually as exciting as it sounds, though. It's because I used to be my neighbor Errol in Instagram, and then they said things. Ah, it's too close to this URL. You mean it's exactly the URL? And I didn't know that was a thing because I've been on Instagram for like multiple years, and then cut. It's like, oh man, all these photos and selfies of myself are gone. Sadness. Oh, that was Errol's um, tale. <laughs> that, is, that is exciting. All right. So one of the things that we frequently do that we haven't actually, I didn't tell you about it and warn you about before we started is we oh. look back at previous instances of, uh, of the fortnightly or of the inverse genius podcast and say, is there anything that folks have talked about before that we may want to do an update on or, or, or chit chat about. Um, and uh, I know that, um, Man Pans was saying, hey, Errol, you could talk about Valheim, which we have already talked about on the show. But the question is, do you have anything to say about Valheim as sort of a, hey, this is something? Uh, or or have you completely purged it out of your system? 
Oh, no, I'm really excited if when the, the next update comes. I love Valheim. I just I have too many projects and I get I can't spend 40 hours just building and and I mean you could building well I could I have and have actually, I have <laughs> <laughs> more than 40 hours right it's like <gasps> I mean you can't do the you can't encase towns and walls anymore so that's sad but that was yeah, like you can oh. why, why can't you encase towns and walls not the way that Errol wants to well, I mean sorry raising raising the he wants land. to terraform so oh I love terraforming I terraform you just, everything you I just, just watch Errol's little sprite on top of a giant mound of dirt traveling cross like it my goal just, was yeah. to completely destroy the environment it was amazing oh we yeah. it is an ecological disaster waiting to happen <laughs> it in our is. it's amazing um, they have they have done an update where uh, it's less disruptive to the frame rate but you yes if you yes. if you've got an existing server or an existing game you have to run a command that could destroy all of your good work that already exists mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so so then, so then I stopped actually creating those walls because I knew because our frame rate was horrible. It was just brutal, and it then was I pretty bad. Then I started just making all the treehouse tree houses, and I was having fun making tree houses in the swamps. Nice, Big you know, when you're getting close to an arrow structure in Valheim, because suddenly all the pigs are walking in the air and not moving, and and yeah, it's. Uh, it was. They kind didn't of like my terraform. No, they did not. Arrow would just break the server every time. <laughs> nice. Well, okay then. <clears throat> um, well, since we haven't been there in a while, I can't remember what else we've ever talked about. Um, I will say that the only thing is I've started rewatching Rick and Morty so that I can oh. be caught up for when the new season starts in June. And since I never watched the latest one that came out, and while it is still kind of hilarious. It's not as exciting watching it the second time through. I'm like, this is not as hilarious as I remember it having once been. So, I I saw the first first few episodes of Rick and Morty because my one friend really loved it and he wanted to show it to me, and mm-hmm. I could not, I couldn't, it couldn't grab me. Um, it was it was funny. I just I just never continued to watch it. I just right. yeah. I was bothered by his drool. I was like, I can't, I can't watch this uh, if that's going to be his animation for the rest I, of I, the I've time. I've got to admit that 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 was a that is a significant damper on my amusement for the show as well. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so much. Do you for talk that. about anime a lot as well. Uh, we have not talked a lot about anime. Um, a little. So bit. If we, if, I mean, if not. Errol's like, Can I recap an anime? Is <laughs> uh, what Errol if, just asked. Hey, Errol, what would you like to talk about on this episode of the Ender's Genius Fortnightly? Let's get well, right into that. Well, no, I I watch a lot, and uh, not a lot. I mean, in comparison to real weebs, I don't really watch that many uh, anime shows, but I have been watching a lot lately. Because I usually find that whenever I have a huge project, and if this project takes me four, five, six months of complete obsessive time suck, then afterwards it's going to be the same amount of time suck, but in a consuming nature. And so I've been watching, you know, you know, season after season of a variety of different anime at the moment with my daughter. So I don't know if you've ever talked about anime, but I'm not going to talk about anime now. I, there are just too many things I can talk about, and it's really. Oh, oh my goodness. And so I have to like pick one and then you, you're, you know, restricting me to like 15 minutes. <laughs> oh no. Right. Yeah, but that- <laughs> the good news is, is that we have three or four other people who have a thousand things to talk about. So yeah, yeah, between yeah. them and you, we've got the next three years of shows that we can talk about. So <laughs> <That's> very true. <laughs> 
if you could go ahead and tell us what you're actually talking about, we can move on to the first actual segment. Let's talk. Let's have man pans do it. What? Oh, Why? Okay. Why yeah. Okay. I, I, I think virtually we're there. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I guess what I wanted to talk about was I, you know, I just graduated uh, school and I congratulations for my it's my second go around at school so that's fun and as a graduation gift to me I got myself an Oculus Quest 2 VR Ooh. headset and the nice thing about it is that it you know it's for a VR headset it's cheap um, and it also it's all, it's completely, you, you don't need a computer to hook up to. So that's kind of what was the selling point for me. The downside is that it's owned by the Facebook overlords and you need a Facebook account to have it so they can gather all the fun data on you. Oh, that's um, weird. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was a, a, you know, I weighed a lot of options and I went for it anyway. And I'm glad I did because I am now becoming slowly and surely more obsessed with VR and the possibilities that it could uh lead to as far as you know it's it's a fun immersive storytelling kind of thing and i i love seeing the other thing with the oculus quest 2 though that other vr headsets don't have is that you can develop things in there you can set your oculus quest 2 developer mode and you can actually try and make a either make a little game or make some art in there i know that one of our friends is is using it to like you know test out her vr skills and she's creating little worlds in there so there's a lot of fun experimentation going on and another thing is that like it's it's another vehicle for immersive theater apparently and i haven't gotten a chance to check that out yet because I've been obsessed with the, uh, there's a VR game called uh, Vader Immortal. And mm -hmm. it's a, it's just obviously it's a Star Wars vehicle. And uh, I, I kind of bought it on a whim because the first episode is like 12 bucks or something like that. I'm like, sure, let's try this out. And I had a ball. Like I just, I was amazed. I think that's the closest I felt like I was in a Star Wars movie. And you know, there are, there are like, I won't say they're downsides, they're design choices, right? They're, it's pretty much Star Wars on rails. Like, Errol, you'd probably hate it because uh, it's not an open world environment that you can walk around in and pick up every object and throw in. You know, just, just because I like open world game doesn't mean that other type of games I won't like. I know, it's just whenever you play those games uh, and, and you go up to an object and it's clearly not, you know pick upable i guess <laughs> you do. it's just like you will spend the next five minutes trying to figure out a way to pick it up and and then you're like get all disappointed when when you can't <laughs> so you know um at any rate though you might like this one though because it is really cool one of the things that it did for me that no you know that no other star wars franchise has ever been able to do or star wars story has ever been able to do is make me scared of darth vader um i doesn't matter what movie i watched i i liked Darth, the character of darth vader i liked the you know i liked the the effects that he had and everything uh but i liked his story but he, i know he was supposed to be scary and he never scared me even as a kid <laughs> in the vr game I was terrified of him. I think no matter what height you are, they're going to make Darth Vader about 
you know, three to four feet taller than you somehow. And so when he's standing there over you and with that voice and he's like demanding you do something, you really don't know how to act. And and the fun thing that I was doing with VR that I don't normally do with games because obviously you're in VR is that I was reacting physically to it. Uh, so if like a rock exploded in front of me, my arms would go up in front of my face because I was scared. I'd just be really nervous and kind of looking at the ground because I didn't want to look Darth Vader in the like glass eyes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, yeah, and obviously it's a Star Wars game. So I think some of the reasons they made their choices is because, you know, they had some of the story was like, that's a stretch, but that's okay because now I get to use a lightsaber. Uh, like, and the reasons they give you to use a lightsaber is very, you know, like MacGuffin-y, but doesn't matter because you know that if they're going to create a Star Wars VR game, the you know people are going to have a riot if there's no lightsabers and no force powers in it, right? So, um, that that was enjoyable. So the very first thing you do in the game is go to hyperdrive. And that was just very exciting in a VR mode. So it's interesting to see, like that was the first thing I played one of, yeah, that was the first thing I played where it felt like, Holy crap. This, this is a whole other, like, this is a whole other way you could tell a story. And, uh, you know, just having that first person view again, not perfect. Obviously the first, the very first time I also bought mist, uh, as like, because that was an Oculus Quest, um, that was a Quest exclusive, was that Mist was now a VR game. Cool. And super fun, but it was that was the very, very first thing I played when I got the Quest. And when I got into it, of course, uh, when you move around in a VR world, you have a little controller and you can like warp to the next spot and you can look around. And I thought, oh, I want to walk around the environment, though, right? My basement apartment obviously is not big enough to walk around, but I could. Um, I thought, why don't I turn off? And it said, well, you can turn on free roam mode then if you don't want to warp around. Just turn on free roam and it'll walk around for you. I'm like, yeah, that's what I'll do. And that's when I learned what happens when you're you're moving, but your legs aren't. What happens in your brain is that it's very much panics. And it doesn't know what's going on. And I had to fight from falling down because it was like, it was like, you're moving, you're walking, but your legs aren't moving and I don't know what's going on. And, and I got a very big, I got very dizzy very fast doing that, but I, I've gotten used to it now. Uh, so yeah, it's it's still a developing thing, but like seeing what they can do with scale, and seeing what they can do with um, even just like s- soundscapes, like the soundscapes around you, you forget that you're standing in a room very quickly, and it's almost you know the the best thing about the Star Wars game was when I was having a very intense lightsaber fight. And the game warned me. It said, we notice that your play area is not six feet by six feet, which is what we recommend. Are you sure you want to go ahead? And I'm like, yeah, I want to go ahead. And then I punched my fridge by accident because I got completely discombobulated of where I was standing and I swung my lightsaber as hard, hard as I could and hit my fridge. So I luckily the, fr- the fridge was survived. My hand, not so much. But, <laughs> but the game did warn me. It did. <laughs> and I, I accepted that risk. Did you break anything? No, gosh, no. Thank God. Thank goodness. No, it was no it was more, I think it was more shocking when I initially hit the fridge and I kind of like immediately went, oh crap, that's right. I'm... I'm in a basement and I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm 
like, no, I'm not on this platform that is rising up through a column of lava. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm in a basement. <laughs> and uh, I sometimes peek out from time to time underneath to remind myself of where I am in the room. Cause I will very quickly get turned around and I won't know what way I'm facing. Do you ever, you know, get worried that uh, you're going to be swinging your sword or uh, doing whatever with your headset on that um, some other denizen of the house will show up and <laughs> torment I you? I don't think so. No, I, I, they don't come down anymore. So all, all good. Okay. Uh, but I hear the door, you know, you hear the door and then you're like, what is that? And You, you think, yeah. but you know, lava... And WD forty between you listening to lava and them having W. That's you might true. Not, you know. Yeah. <laughs> not that so. I'm trying to give Errol any ideas. You know. Yeah. For those that don't know, Man Pants is my tenant, but I actually still haven't even tried this thing. But then I again, want you to try it. That's the thing. Yeah. But and if you've been sweating in it, I don't know if I want to oh, put it on. No, 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 no. It's oh. very. And they have a glasses spacer so that. Oh, that's been, nice. Yeah. So you, you know, some like... of us have glasses, and it's always hard to yeah. wear so, anything. What is the Star Wars thing that you're playing? So it's called Vader Vader Immortal, and it takes place after, shortly after Revenge of the Sith, I think. Darth Vader has just become Darth Vader. And it's a cool storyline. It's like it it kind of furthers his character in a way that makes sense. And obviously I'm not going to spoil it. Um, It's it's very like... That's, That's magic talk right there. That's magic talk. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Um, and it, it very much feels like a Star Wars movie. And the, your sidekick, because of course you have to have a droid sidekick. That's just given. Uh, is played by Maya Rudolph, um, who who is uh, she's been in a lot of stuff. She was in Bridesmaids. She was in, um, and of course has to be played by a comedian. And she does a great job. Like I love having her next to me. And there's just something about. You you know that it's it's all on on rails and everything. Like you you don't have a lot of control of where you can go, but you still feel like you do, and you still you feel like you're connecting with the character in a way that I wouldn't in a normal video game. Like right. when I turn to the side and I see my droid friend looking back at me, like what the hell is going on? I'm like that felt cool. That felt like we <laughs> we were actually making a connection. Um, and uh, for that was for those of you uh, who watched uh, the Good Place. Maya Rudolph was the judge. Yes, she the was the place. judge. And she played in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. She played like the uh, witness protection officer, I think. Yeah. So she's been in a lot of stuff. Nice. Well, all right. Um, so uh, very cool. Check that out. That's the Oculus Quest 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it sounds like you're going to just destroy your basement. So yeah. have, have fun with that. <laughs> Errol, what you got for us? Hello. Donald Dennis, my name is Errol. And there's, as I said before, it was hard for me to try and come up with something. And, and, and then I figured maybe what I should do is I should start off with a story. I don't know. I shouldn't really, because I tell really long, long stories. I was going to be like, why would you do that? (laughs) (laughs) I think at work, this is what I do. Every morning we have this stand up to talk about, you know, what we plan on doing for the rest of the week or the day. And so because other people use we use each other's uh, for example, I make graphics for people as well. So they'll see what what's coming up this week. And then but then I always have to like tell a story and it's a long story. And then they all go, oh, no, some of them just leave the meeting. (laughs) 
because I have these oh, super seriously? long stories. Anyway, wow. Okay. Uh, anyway, so the thing is, what I want to talk about. See, I already spent like two minutes talking about how I like to tell stories. Is mm. I like I like text adventure games. Now Ooh, I don't yes. know if anybody out there is familiar with text. Did you ever play any text adventure games? There, Donald. I, yes, Dennis? I was eaten by a grew. Oh, really? Oh, like, you know, the very original <laughs> ones? That's Zork. So I'm that's old. amazing. Oh, yeah. So so am I. We, <laughs> we pl- I played a lot of text games when I was a kid. I loved Infocom and the number of text games. You know, I can imagine what my parents thought. They must have thought we I was weird. I'm just sitting there typing. Way and, and then I had to like. They weren't. They weren't. And and it was really slow back then, too. I still remember how, you know, I would listen as the, well, the disc drive. Even before that, I even had a tape drive. And then you just watch the the words slowly appear on the screen like you're using a 300 baud modem it was it was yes. like amazing and slow i don't know if you remember all that stuff I what kind of old computer did you have there donald dennis oh well um the first one i ever owned was like the uh, t- uh, the 1000 ex attendee Radio Shack. Oh, fun, um, fun. But I played on like one of the old Texas Instruments membrane keyboard little things that that had a uh, apparently the slowest tape drive known to man. <laughs> uh, because we'd say, let's start this up, go down the street to McDonald's, grab lunch, come yeah. back, and maybe um, it will have successfully loaded something. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. Yeah, you might not know this, man, Pans, but back in the day, instead of having like a, you know, a floppy disk, there were they used cassette tapes that would hold data. Yeah, I will admit that is before my time. Yes, so, mm-hmm. yeah. and it was super slow. Oh, my goodness. You have no <laughs> idea. Like, it was like, it was just, it was a joy to go to a floppy disk. Anyway, we... But my, my school had the trash 80s. So. Nice. Yes, that's what we used. Trash eighties, yeah, the TRS eighties. That's a um, yeah. um, uh, T- Tandy Radio Shack, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. commonly known as that the Trash eighties. And we used to play. I used to play a lot of lot of adventure games. Anyway, uh, zapping back to the future or now the present. Yes. One of the things that I'm involved in is something called the Cryptex Hunt, which is a online puzzle hunt that is a competition and people can win this cryptax and all sorts of fun things and every year we have and we do different themes to make it as you know make it try to make it immersive try to make it unique the very first cryptex hunt was in a mud i have did you play muds donald dennis when you were younger too I was in one of the Amber Muds. Oh, wow. That's kind of cool. And so the very first one we had. And what we do in the Cryptex Hunt is we hide puzzles in something uh, that you don't expect there may be puzzles. So uh, the second year, I do believe, was a magazine. And it looked like a normal magazine, but there are puzzles hidden all the way through it. Third year was a novel. And this year, what I wanted to do. And because our audience tends to be the escape room audience, I thought it'd be really cool to have like escape room adventure games. Like, you know, you see on, well, I don't know, like remember Jay's games back in the day or whatever that was called. And there were all those flashpoint and click games and different mm-hmm. things like that. Right. And I thought it'd be kind of cool if I could like have a series of adventure text, adventure games uh, that were that were themed around escape rooms. The only trouble is it would be really hard to create a a bunch of uh, point and click games, especially since flash no longer exists. And it's, 
not something that you know I I could get other people to do. And so I thought, well, why can't why why not why not do text games? Because another thing that we try to make uh, what that we try to do is we wanted to make it a resource light because we'll have maybe up to fifteen hundred to two thousand people here and. And there are no straight lines with Errol. I always forget this. <laughs> no, no, it, it was. It's, I'm like, all right. So we talked about the computers that run the games. We talked about the cassettes that run the computers. We talked about the muds that also ran on old computers that you know had a thing. And oh, wow, back to the cryptex hunt. Here we go. Okay, let's talk about text adventures now and how we like text adventures and cryptex hunt again. Okay, cool. Like it's just yeah, no, it's a it's a roller coaster. I forgot where I was. Maybe I should start back at the beginning. (laughs) Talk about, so talk about what, uh, what cool tool are you using? What cool tool are you using to create a text adventure? So I wanted to create a text adventure. And one of the hard parts about creating text adventure is I want to lower the barrier to entry as much as possible. Cause you can imagine if I told someone is like, okay, you have to like download this program and then you'll have to download this data file and then you can run the program in this. And for example, there are very, there are a lot of text adventure type games uh, or interactive fiction as they're now called that people use and a lot of tools like, so you may have heard of Inform. I don't know if anybody out there has heard of Inform, but that's the one that's closest to making games like by Infocom, like Zork and Enchanter and A Mind Forever Voyaging. And we could go on about all those. We could we all. Could. Like, well, we I should, remember we some, should. No, what, one did, what one did you use, Errol? What? Well, well, that's just it. I didn't use Inform. And then there's another one that everybody probably has heard of before, and that's Twine. You've used Twine, right, Mia Pans? I have, yes. yes. And that's also, that's probably on, uh, that is is all well and good. The only trouble is it's not parser-based. In other words, you can't type in it. It's, I mean, you probably could, but it's more along the lines that you click links and then you'll yeah. go and it's more choose-your-own-adventure kind of things. And so the one thing I wanted to... One thing, one that I found was something that's called Adventron. And, and the great thing about this is that when you finish compiling it, it is just a straight HTML file that you can just post anywhere. And then it's all... It's all playable within the browser and that's one thing i wanted to do now inform is playable within the browser if you were able to get yourself a a good interpreter but then you'd have to set that all up you know you might have to do things yourself or for that matter if you wanted links in there or if you wanted graphics in there it's it's not easy it's not trivial to do that and so I was searching because, you know, when you try to find actually I search for a lot of different tools every single year. I think, OK, what, what's a cool game engine creation tool that we can find? And I usually um, try and search through all the different game engine creation tools that I can find that also is easy for people. As I said, uh, low barrier of entry for people to play in their browser. So I usually try to find browser based uh, game engine tools. And I really enjoyed Adventuron. It sounds because- like, honestly, that Adventuron is going to have fewer barriers to entry than getting you to talk about adventure yeah yeah so what what is it about adventure that made it most appealing to you 
Well, so Adventuron is basically a little programming language that you, that's the IDE itself, the where you do all of your programming is done within the browser. And then, you know, you can hit run and then you can see it in the, because it kind of breaks it up into two sections. Then you can see the game run in the other section of the browser. And it's just, you know, and then you can just make your little text adventure game. And so what I wanted to do was like, okay, how easy would it be for me to ask other people to create little adventure games. Because I said before that the main reason I wanted to use this was for the Cryptic Sun, and I had 12 games to create. And so I asked a number of people, and, and now to be fair, a lot of these people were people who had some familiarity with programming and then I asked them all to create games for me and and it was great. I asked a few university students, they finished a game in four days so one person finished it in three days they were all and i made all the graphics for them but they were they made the game itself and then you know and then well, go sorry. ahead well the thing about adventure on two is don't they have like a, a it's called adventure on like adventure on classroom that you can use to teach kids as well programming they do they have yeah. a tutorial in there for children to learn how to use and to program as well. It's kind of funny because it, it assumes that you know nothing. So it even has like lessons on how to use the keyboard. <laughs> so yes. it's like, okay, let's skip the keyboard stuff. I know how to use a keyboard, you know. And then it goes on talking about different things like, you know, variables and if then statements. And so if people wanted to learn how to program or how how to use at least, you know, not exactly object-oriented programming, but just the very basics of programming. They have this wonderful tutorial there that they can learn. And while they're doing it, they'll make a cute little text games. Now, the interesting thing is, like, you know, well, how exciting is it for people to play a parser-based game? And the nice thing I find, especially in the interactive uh, fiction community is that they always have game jams, which is really fun. So Adventure on itself, I think, runs like four game jams a year. And I'm thinking to myself, that's a lot of game jams. But in the interactive fiction community, there's tons of game jams that happen. And so you'll see a number of people just create their own games for this. And and real quick, that's that's at adventureon.io in case you're looking for it. It's not the bike company. It's not the touring (laughs) company. Just go to adventureon.io and it's uh, it'll come up saying Adventuron Classroom, right? Yes, yes, Adventuron Classroom. And the cool thing is what after people played the Cryptex Hunt, uh, there were a number of people thought, this is really neat. I want to make my own game. And I've, been, I've seen people use, uh, for example, for those that don't want to create their own graphics, I've seen people use Canva just to make graphics inside of there. I've seen mm-hmm. people decide, oh, maybe I'll just convert this to... Uh, a pixelated version, right? And and it's been really fun. I'm I'm actually now now that I've made you know a number of them. I I started off. I don't know how many I've made now. I like because I had to make twelve for the Cryptex hunt. Uh, I decided to you know I want to I want to enter a, another game jam and actually pour myself into seriously making a game. And kind of like, you know, nostalgically relive my childhood. That's kind of redundant the way I said that. But yeah, I want to do that. But then at the same time, one of the things that is really hard is how can I make it so a present day person would be interested in playing this game, right? Because, you know, that when we 
first launched these games, there were a number of people that had no idea, had no idea what this thing was and didn't even know how to play it. And so I had to, it was the creator of Adventron is very helpful. He was, I asked him so many questions and he answered them all. And, and because he is constantly developing it, you know, I'd ask, Hey, how do I do this? And it's like, Oh, we haven't built that in next. And then like in 15 minutes, okay, you go, go check the beta version. I put that in for you. And so it was amazing, <laughs> right? But he was also very helpful. And even, even when I was programming my game and he was, and he constantly was trying to tell me that you need to put a tutorial in there because you will have a lot of people that don't know how to use to, how to play text adventure games. And it was true. I remember one of the people that I asked to program for me had no idea what it was about. And so when he first tested one of my games, he, he, he needed more help to see like how it worked. And then once he, once he learned it, it's like, oh, okay, that's easy. But you know, even the, the whole idea of a parser based adventure game is, yeah. is still not, not obvious so, to a person. I will say the user guide looks uh, fairly exhaustive, but also well put together. Yes. Um, and so that's pretty neat. And if you want to figure out what we're talking about, there's a, a game that you can play with your friends that doesn't involve the computer called Parsley and others where you can do text-based adventures where one of you is playing the computer. That'll give you sort of an idea oh, yeah, yeah, of, yeah. of how all this works. Um, so I recommend that. But this isn't our gaming podcast. Um, so <laughs> we'll, we'll get back to what you were doing here with, uh, with well, it's not our tabletop gaming podcast. We, we <laughs> talk about video games all the time. Um, but yeah, so Adventuron, that looks pretty cool. And is there any cost to get started? No, it's all free. <laughs> that's even bet. That's the best part. It's all free. And there's and a Discord. There's a Discord. You can ask for all sorts of help. And a lot of people have even released their source code. So if you wanted to learn from looking at other people's source code, you can happily do that too. I, anybody that wants to ask me for my source code, here, take it. Go ahead and look at it. Some of it's kind of embarrassing, but whatever. Go <laughs> ahead and see how you do that. And then there's there are a lot of just free games to play if you want to see what it's like. So there's tons of games on. How do you pronounce itch.io? I always just pronounce it itch.io, but maybe it's itch.io or maybe it's, it's Well, itch.io. most people say itch.io, but itch.io is either way. <laughs> I've heard it always. Yeah. And there's a few adventure on games in there. Uh, people could even still play my Cryptex Hunt and to find even more games. And those are smaller in nature. So, you know, you don't have to... Uh, you don't have to commit to a lot of time to playing the game itself. The hidden puzzle might take you a few hours, but. And once again, itself. this is not adventure on hats. So this is just <laughs> in case you're looking for hats. Wow. <laughs> adventure on.com takes you to hats, um, which is not this. Right. True. So if you're looking to express yourself creatively using interact with interactive fiction, I say, try to take a look at adventure on. It's a lot of fun. I had, I, had a lot of fun uh, creating those games. Nice. Cool. All right. Well, I'm changing, of course, what I'm going to talk about, um, <laughs> which happens every time we record. So I was going to talk about one thing, and then I was going to talk about The Good Place, since you mentioned one of the actors. But no, God, I'm going to talk. Yeah. <laughs> it's, oh, one of my favorite all-time comedies. Yep. Um, if you're not careful, you'll learn something. But okay. I'm going to talk about the Myths and Legends podcast. 
cool. uh, which is a podcast that I recently started listening to. It was recommended to me by one of the players in the Dungeon World campaign I was running. And I was like, oh, like I need another podcast. And I was like, I, I think I need another podcast. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I started listening to it. Uh, it looks like it's two-man crew or two-person crew, rather, who's doing it. Uh, Jason is the host, and he talks the way through a variety of myths. Um, you know, he starts off with uh, uh, some Pendragon stuff and the Volksung saga, you know, early Vikings, things that you might uh, recommend, uh, recognize as some of the stuff the Lord of the Rings stuff is based off of or a bunch of other things. But he Whoa, gets in. He, he's got like 300 episodes. Say, wow. wow. Since 2015 or even earlier, maybe. Um, and it's delightful. Uh, he talks about these. He gives a little bit of, you know, modern understanding of it. Uh, he's not too worried about uh, saying every single little word because what he's doing is he's explaining the myths or telling the stories of the myths like a a tale teller would kind of do, um, but without a bunch of weird voices. Um, mm-hmm. And then after the episodes, or at least as far back as I am, because I decided, you know, I'm going to start with the first episode I can find and work my way to current day. He then, after each one, does a monster, like, or a creature, a mythological creature. And so he'll talk about, uh, you know, the leprechaun's surly drunker brother, or, uh, you know, the river creature that, uh, if you don't talk nice to them, will, you know, <laughs> come pee all over your house. Whatever it is. I don't remember Ooh, all the monsters. That okay, sounds fun. What about a Menanangal? Um, Those are fun. Per- perhaps. I, I couldn't tell you uh, what all what all Jason's covered. Um, and that it's it's very well produced. And it's nice that it's not all just Western. Vikings and, and Pendragon, yeah. that, it, that he hits a variety of countries and a variety of traditions. And, uh, you know, he'll talk about uh, uh, the reasons that I know the Volkson stuff right now is because he'll talk. That's where I am still. I haven't gotten too deep into the p- podcast, but he's like, yes. And this is where five different t- traditions take the story in different directions. And he might mention what they do to it. And then say, but we're going to go with the one that seems to be the oldest or the most original and talk, talk the way through it. And oh, neat. Um, so I, I like it that. a lot. It's an easy listening. It's, he's not too, um, you know, it's, it's something you could listen to without it being too distracting. Or on the other hand, it's not also boring, right? You know, you've got a, you've got that fine line to walk where you don't want mm-hmm. it to be irritating, but you also don't want it to be boring. And he fits right in there. Very cool. I have to check this out. I love myths. That is the Myths and Legends podcast, and it is mythpodcast.com. And so, yeah, look at that. uh, Probably he has never heard of me, but, uh, uh, you know, go and listen to his stuff. But then come back to us. You don't have to wait until you've listened to all 500 episodes of his show. Or whatever it is. See, this Welcome is why back. I didn't want to go first, because you see, now that I've heard both Mampanza and Donald Dennis talk, I am fully aware of what I was supposed to do. <laughs> and, and I didn't do that. Right. So I should have listened to Donald Dennett first. I, I talked first. Yeah, I know. Right. And then I, I listened to that and then I didn't follow your example at all. Well, that's just part of the course, I guess. So maybe. <laughs> Donald, is, yeah. I like yeah. myths too. Myths is great. But, no myth. Myths. myths. Yes. Myths are also yeah. great. I, I love myths. Yes. But, yes. <laughs> Different topics. I could have talked about that just for funsies, but I was like, nah, well, I won't beat that dead horse. Uh, (laughs) Well, then uh, I think we should get into our group gab real quick and talk about something that we've all seen or talked about or or watched or whatever. Um, 
and uh, that our new recent sh- uh, movie by Lord and Miller uh, was on Netflix, and it was on Netflix up in Canada as well. Yes, yeah, it was. Okay. Oh. Um, Mitchell's versus the machines, which we're going to kind of use as a gateway to talk about a bunch of Lord and Miller stuff. <laughs> yes. I, I liked it. Uh, Mitchell's versus the machines. I know my friends loved it. Uh, they, yeah. <laughs> yes. So uh, you liked it, but your, uh, your friends loved it. So you did not love it. Oh no. Is that I, what I'm I don't. Uh, yeah. I, well, like I really liked it. I just, I, I don't know if it hit me the way it hit my friends. Uh, it, you know, they were describing it as either the best movie, best animation of the year, which is true, probably, and the best movie of animated movie of all time, kind of. Uh, no, kind no, of. no, 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 yeah. I will not. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no, my yeah. goodness. We still have Miyazaki around. Come uh, yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, <creep. Yeah>. um, <laughs> Errol, Errol, I command a command repeat performance. You come on and we talk about Miyazaki. At some point. Oh, I'll do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My God. No, for, yeah, you'll have to budget three, out, three or four hours of that. Oh, nice. That's yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so, I, I really liked it. I liked the animation style and stuff. And yeah, yeah. Was, I have to say that when I saw that it was on TV and I was like, this can't be as good as it looks. They had to have picked all the high points out for the commercials. Right. Um, yeah. Because I like, this does look sort of like they, they took the cloudy with the, you know, chance of meatballs or yeah. Jimmy Neutron style animation and, and then slapped a coat of paint on it and call it good. And you go where, where it didn't look like the characters were going to have a lot of character to them. But then you yeah. get into the movie, and that's not the case. I, I felt that they did have a lot of sort of character, and the the animation styles kept changing over the course of the movie, and I thought that was pretty amazing. I liked I liked the choice of the yeah using that animation style of like the random YouTube things, the the live action and the uh, stop motion. Uh, animation and the like, old little blippy blips that they always put around the people's faces like you know what are those called like you know they would have motion the, lines yeah like silly motion lines or little tweety birds or whatever you know right 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 yeah <laughs> they, they literally used it like it was a person that was creating a youtube vid or whatever around yeah it. yeah oh, i right. i loved the youtube vids i think those those were some of my favorite bits, and and I and I liked that it was a somebody described it as like a father daughter story that didn't focus on the daughter dating or anything. Yes, uh, that that's actually and I thought about it. I'm like, oh my god, yeah. Has there been a father daughter story that hasn't focused exclusively on the daughter's? either dating or getting married and can't relate to her dad anymore and stuff. This one was purely like kind of more, you know, moving away to college. That's a big thing. And, you know, you, you mm-hmm. kind of grow apart from your parents a little bit as, as you go. Right. Right. And, you know, it deals with the disappointment of your goofball dad being, well, exactly that <laughs> you know, amongst other things. Um, I think I connected more somehow with the, for some reason with the, the, going into other Lord and Miller creations of the cloudy oh. with a chance of meatballs father. Mm-hmm. It just, I don't know. Like it, it, it felt more like. No wonder you and Errol get along so well. <laughs> it felt more like he was, you could, you could see like him really trying and, and just 
failing miserably whereas the the other father in mitchell's versus the machines it felt more like the daughter just was refusing to uh to like engage with her dad at all and and he seemed a, lo- a little bit more easygoing i guess uh, i'm not sure but right, right yeah right, right. yeah it, the relationships felt you know you know borderline reasonable right where you're like it, if you're willing to take the point of view of any of the characters, you can see why they sort of have their yeah. have their opinions. And I think that that's one of the things that Lord and Miller does very well. From we were talking before we started recording that they did, um, you know, into the Spider Verse, they did the Lego movies. They've done so much with so many characters, and you're like, okay, the main character, the main whatever his name was, uh, in the Lego movie is a real kind of you know flat, generic hero, good natured goofball. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, he's sort of that perspective character that's supposed to carry everybody through the, you know, Legos is fun and we love Legos and let's keep going. And then there's all this story happening around, happening around him. And is he really the main character? Right. Or is, you know, is he not right? And so right. I liked I speaking of into the spider verse and, and that that's what, what, I, I just saw it on Friday and I'm mm. what three or four years too late um, to get on that train. But <laughs> I, I, you know, I was intimidated by my Marvel fre- fan friends who <laughs> they're, they are an, an intense bunch. And you know, when, when they're like, come on, see all the Marvel movies. I'm like, maybe I don't, I don't, I, I mean, they got nothing on the DC fans, but yeah, you're right. They're pretty intense. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I finally saw it because we literally were going to have a, a, a Lord and Miller kind of night. And my friend was like, oh, what haven't you seen of theirs? I'm like, oh, Into the Spider-Verse was theirs. And it, they have writing credits and producing credits. I don't think it was like fully theirs as as other movies are. And he was like, what? You haven't seen Into the Spider-Verse? I'm like, no, I know I haven't. Yeah, let's just, let's just watch it. And and then it was amazing. And now I'm obsessed with it. But I was thinking about it because Into the Spider-Verse was very much, it was Lord and Miller style, but it was very drawn back in that, like, it wasn't five jokes a minute, right? Um, that, like, it's just, it, it wasn't that same frenetic energy that uh a lot of their other or goofy energy i guess that a lot of their other movies have but what was left yeah, it wasn't over unrelentingly and, goofy it wasn't unrelentingly goofy but it kind of made apparent like what makes their movies work for me because even when they're relentingly unrelentingly goofy um if you were to take away the goofy what's still left is a lot of heart and mm-hmm. a lot of like you know real themes on there and i think that's what it makes a lot of their comedy work yes Errol, any thoughts on any of their movies? Which ones do you like the best? Oh, wow. Which one do I like the best? That's hard to say. I would, I did like, uh, uh, what it's, what's that called? Mitchell's versus machines. <laughs> I, I also thought into the spider verse was amazing. I do will. I do think that it's hard to explain. I didn't not like Mitchell's the machine, but I, it, it, it still kind of starts off very tropey to me where you will have the main character that it's always different than everybody else. And I think there's some, I, I don't, I don't know, actually is it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like almost every single teenage person is just like different than everybody else all the time. I th- well, I think that's a huge reflection on being a teenager, right? Even if you are not different from everyone, every teenager feels like they are different. And so the struggle is, 
as a teenager, either to find your own voice or to fit in. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's what sort of makes that feel real to me, but, but True. I understand what you're saying. So it was just really weird though, that they could not find in this school, someone that was similar in any way, shape or form. And, and cause like, hopefully you can find like a couple friends that like, and then this person had just had none, you know, until like university also, Oh wow. Now you'll find everybody, but not. And so I, I it's, I think for me, it's more along the lines that, that, but I still liked it. And, and because I have daughters too, at the same mm-hmm. time, my daughters are, 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 are weird in general, but they're, <laughs> they're uh, as, not as like the, that. As the weird kid <laughs> myself. So yes. you, you didn't study art in college, did you? Sorry, who me? Study yes. art? Well, you have to, I mean, I was the weird kid. It's in, a yes, no in, question. Uh, <laughs> doesn't have to uh, result in a story what did you get your degree in errol what did you get your degree so in? i did get it in computer science okay all right there you go um, i did take though like like art classes uh-huh uh-huh i understand yeah. that yeah and i will tell you right now that the people who thought themselves as artists did not see you in the same way that they saw the artists that they ended up going to college with what? Sorry, no, I'm I sorry. didn't see any the, of them. So the the people the people who the people who who considered themselves artists in high school that that's what they were doing that's what they were really in. If it is entirely possible, I don't know how big their school was. We don't know anything about what she went through or or what her organization was. But you know, most of the kids you know in my class in my year, there weren't any other artists. Oh, okay, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You yes. know, yeah, and so. I mean, there were a couple of grades up and there were a couple of grades down, uh, you know, well, so that, by yeah, the time I got like, through. Yeah, sorry. And the other is the economy of storytelling. You know, when you've got a, yeah, yes. got a two hours to tell your movie, hour, 45 minutes to tell your movie, you can't explore every single person this this other person might have come across. Like maybe they had a best artist friend who who they had a falling out with, and but it's not going to play no, into no, the no, machines. I, I, I do agree with that, but I think we're also now in a new generation of a global internet world of creativity, and it, it might be even harder to find somebody that doesn't relate to you. Right. And that's all. So that's just minor. It's like, you know, oh, no big deal. I understand that, you know, we want to, and there's a lot of children that feel that way where it's like, nobody understands me because they're teenagers and they all think they're the most unique thing on the planet. And it's not true. It depends. And we've all like, been there. Yeah. Like I, there is a, there is a good feeling when you do find that community though. Like I know going out of high school, I had friends in high school and I, you know, I'm still friends with those friends from high school, but there was a special feeling of, of going to a university and being in a dorm with people who felt like, my friends did not feel as passionately about theater as I did, right? Uh, they they were in the drama class with me, but it was like a fun thing for them. And for me, it was like, you know, I was living and breathing it every moment I could. And so when I go to a place where everybody else is doing the same thing, yeah, it, it, it feels different, right? And as someone who... I did relate to the character in that way and that I was also the, I am also the weird one in my family. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I do the weird geeky things and my family has now accepted it, but there was a, a period of time where they were sort of like, is she going to be okay? Like is, or like we could not talk to each other for the life of us. Cause like we had nothing in common. 
Here's another yeah. question, though. As a teenager, for mm-hmm. example, my youngest daughter, I have no idea what she does, but she doesn't want to <laughs> share her stuff with me because, like, I'm her dad. I'm not really someone that's cool that you want to share these passions with anyway. So, that, I mean, now I also know that I have a very outlier kind of relationships with my daughter. So it's, <laughs> it's different in that way. But, you know, I can I can totally get the fact that they feel they can't connect with their parents. But isn't that like most teenagers just can't connect with their parents? Well, I mean, and, if you could connect with them, they would never, ever leave home. Yeah. And then... <laughs> And then, you know, the, the dad being just so, like, put out by this daughter doesn't understand me. It's like, well, you don't know teenagers at all, of course. I think that's many parents, though, right? Maybe. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. You're you're the parent here. I'm not a parent. So I'm I like, I think we oh, just kind of assume that the daughter's not going to understand or, you know. <laughs> right. I mean, I think a lot of it is, you know, being willing to share with you know, your kids and stop treating them like kids treat, you know, talk to them like they're real people. And I guess the more you try and keep a kid in that kid only (laughs) box, then the the tougher it is for them to feel like they can relate to you. Um, And that's a struggle. I like my siblings and I sometimes still have with our parents is we're still kids. So we can't mm -hmm. talk to them like, like adults sometimes. And it's like, yep. Yep. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm over 50 and my mom still treats me like I'm in high school. Oh yeah, yeah. No, exactly. That's true. Like for me, yeah. like I'm out past one, she gets upset if I'm ever at home. <laughs> but that's okay. But you know, that's parents. I mean, there is one thing that I would say. I am I'm not really a huge fan of parents thinking they need to be friends with their kids because and, and that's me, but you know, this is my opinion, but it's more along the line. You know, you want your kids to feel like they have a parent, someone that's stable, not like a friend who is completely unstable and you need to mentally make them feel better no no i'm not there to for their parents to for the children to support me and any mental issues i have i am there to support them anyway sorry i won't go on uh one thing i did like about (laughs) mitchell's versus the machines is the sibling relationship oh that was great yeah that was great it was it was really refreshing not to have one where they fought all the time it was like oh my god two siblings who are just really close getting along and the one has to deal with the other one going away and and that right. It's not like there him. was no stress there at all, but it wasn't, hey, yeah. we're always fighting. Yes. Yeah, it wasn't. All, yeah. And that tends to be what I mean, that's what happens with siblings a lot anyway, is they fight. But it was kind of nice to see like two siblings getting along in a movie for the most part. So, And the dog, the dog was hilarious. Oh, the dog. And the dog. The dog was, was great. was funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I really like their their style of comedy. It just. It's it's the kind of thing, and I, I just watched Into the Spider-Verse again, where I'm just looking for all the details, and I find that there's a lot of that in their movies, too. Like, all the details in the background that you might have missed on the first watch, and then you notice it right. the second time around. And uh, gag jokes that would just fly over anybody's head, but they still included it, just in case you were watching. Well, a lot in of people background. always, uh, like now with YouTube, they go over movies with a fine tooth comb. Somebody is watching. So you have yeah. to make sure. Yeah. But that you was like ever, an... I was going to say, you don't ever feel like they take a shortcut, right? It's, no. it's they're always, they're fully invested in whatever they're doing. Yeah. And it's yeah. hard to pay attention to Into the Spider first because you are assaulted with color left, right, and center. There was there was one moment in it where I just laughed out loud because the second time I watched it and I didn't notice it the first time, it was a scene where like, 
everybody in a room pulls out a gun when they realize, I don't know, Spider-Man's there or whatever. And then there's one person at a table that just is like, oh, like rolls their eyes. Like, I don't want to get up. And uh, I was like, I didn't, I didn't notice it the first time. And it was this great little detail. Uh, I absolutely mm. loved it. It was a wonderful gag. And That sounds like the cafeteria scene. Yes, that's exactly yes. what it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they did an amazing job. Just even like recreating the different styles of, yeah. of Spider-Man. Oh, it was great. So my thoughts are that you you give them some constraints, like the Lego movie or mm-hmm. Spider-Verse, and they exceed... I mean, I liked Mitchell's versus the Machines. I thought it was great. Probably best a- animated thing I'll see all of that came out this year. But um, I think that it, it doesn't even come close to matching up to you know, what they do when they've got a little bit, they have some rails they have to write on. Yeah. Uh, with yeah. Some other I agree. <laughs> and the off the rail stuff is great. Somebody, my friend described Mitchell's versus the machines. Like you remember in cloudy, uh, cloudy with a chance of meatballs, the dad, uh, the dad of the computer joke, like him using the, the mouse um, mm-hmm. on the computer. He said, imagine that joke for an entire movie, like just, nothing but that style of joke. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I can mm-hmm. see it. So, yeah. Well, all right. I think we're talked out at this point. Um, oh, really? Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Errol stopped to take a breath so we get to end the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, well, I, but I'm not going to be uh, talked out for another two or three hours, really. But but we are. We are we're <laughs> talked out for now. Uh, if you want to keep talking, Earl, you'll have to come back with the topic in hand that you're willing to laser focus on with uh, the intensity of, uh, you know, that, that I've never seen. A you normal person, really, I guess. Of yeah. A normal person. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's all right. So, Errol, where can you be found? Oh, we're going to go back to this already? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh, It's no. been an hour. What do you mean already? Oh, man. You can find me on Twitter. As? Elmer, E L U M I R. Excellent. Man pants. <laughs> you can go to mandawitney.com where you can find me on Twitter, Manda Whitney, or you can find me on Instagram, Manda Whitney. Uh, and that's Manda without the A at the beginning. Should I have been calling you Manda instead of Man Pans this entire time? You logged uh, in. As Man I, Pans. I entered so, my name as Man Pans. I, I, you also you have know. a Discord. Man Pans has a Discord. You can I, just jump in there. I do have a Discord. And just talk about all the fun Man Pans stuff. If she lives with a Discord. All for the Pan fans. Uh, no, I created oh. it so I could have a place to announce my Twitch stuff. So. Nice. And also a place for us to talk about K-dramas. That's the most popular that, channel. I think it is. <laughs> I created five K-drama channels as a joke, and they are all used a lot. <laughs> well, <laughs> so. My wife has been watching K-dramas, so maybe I will get uh, you all on with her to do an interesting yeah. episode. Good. Oh, what, what is she watching? I don't know. Connie, <laughs> what have you been here for some of your favorite uh, costume dramas that you've been watching? costume dramas probably the historical ones yes the historical ones i don't know hey we don't know i don't know she's she's refusing to tell me (laughs) so what's she watching now isn't she watching something now no because she came in in the middle of this podcast and i'm recording in the living room so she is scowling and shaking her fist at me saying hurry up and end this (laughs) i've got television to watch Oh, that's true. So, she yeah, should I watch, hear she should that. watch Mr. Queen then if she likes. Oh, Boston yeah. Mr. She should watch hilarious. Mr. Queen. 
Yes. If she likes K dramas, Josian period, and it, body swat body swapping time. Honestly, travel. she'll watch anything with beautiful costumes. Oh yeah, that so, husband has beautiful costumes. That's yeah. all she cares about. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, right. thank you for listening. Uh, I'm Donald. I'm Errol. I'm Amanda. And you've been listening to the Inverse Genius Fortnightly. Talk to you in two weeks. That's it for this episode of the Inverse Genius Podcast. The Inverse Genius Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 License. Thank you.